host here battling a slight sore throat but nevertheless this show must go on i guess i'm taking a little note from last week's show where they had that circus going on and uh, yeah today's show is an interesting one it's from april 20th of 1949 yes that's correct april 20th 1949 and today's program the great gildersleeve is thinking about changing his occupation instead of being a water commissioner gildersleeve is now going to try his hand at being a detective yes a detective what can gildersleeve do as a detective with his first case involves investigating a haunted house oh this sounds scary oh and you know when you're a detective, you gotta be cool, you know, and you gotta wear one of them hats. I used to wear them uh, hats myself, the uh, gray fedoras. Oh yeah, I wore those hats for about 30 years when I was working. And uh, uh, when I retired, I decided it's time to retire the fedora. I still wear hats every day, but not my classic gray fedora. Maybe I'll put it back on one of these days. At any rate, one of the great detectives in movies was Robert Mitchum playing Philip Marlowe in the movie Farewell, My Lovely. This is the theme from Farewell, My Lovely that you're listening to. Yes, and Robert Mitchum was a great detective. Philip Marlowe was one of the very best. You know, I am a big fan of uh, detective fiction. I've read every Sherlock Holmes book, every Philip Marlowe book, and every Nero Wolf book, every Sam Spade book, even they even had a series of Rockwood Files books and a series of Monk books, you know, the TV show Monk. I read all these books, every one of them. I'm telling you, every one of them, I read them. And, uh, you know, lunchtime when you're working is a great time to read, and that's when I did all my reading. And the Nero Wolf books, though, i got to tell you, they were my favorite reading because next to Philip Marlowe, Nero Wolf is my favorite book to read because Nero Wolf books had fantastic, clever dialogue, a lot of funny dialogue, and great little mysteries. So if you're ever thinking about a book to read, what should you read, give a Rex Stout Nero Wolf book a try. You won't be disappointed. They were all written by Rex Stout. They later came out in the 80s and 90s and even the 2000s written by somebody else doing Nero Wolf books. But the best were written by Rex Stout. And Robert Mitchum played Philip Marlowe in the movie Farewell, My Lovely. He also reprised his Philip Marlowe role in a lesser movie called The Big Sleep. The Big Sleep was a great story, but the movie wasn't particularly great. Anyway, here is the great Robert Mitchum. And, oh, <laughs> Robert Mitchum's going to give a little advice here. You know, when you're a detective, you've got to take a logical point of view. A logical point of view, and in this case, Robert Mitchum is not taking a logical point of view to find somebody. He's taking a logical point of view to find a wife. Yeah, well, you gotta do that. Here is Robert Mitchum. If you want to be happy, live in a king's life. Never make a pretty woman your wife. If you want to be happy, live in a king's life. Never make a pretty woman your wife. Now all you have to do is just what I say, and then you may be jolly merry and gay. Therefore, from a logical point of view, 
Better marry a woman uglier than you. From a logical point of view, always marry a woman uglier than you. A pretty woman make her husband look small, and very often cause his downfall. Soon as she married there and then she started to do the things that will break your heart. And when you think that she is belonging to you, she's calling somebody else to do. Man, from a logical point of view, better marry a woman uglier than you. From a logical point of view, always marry a woman uglier than you. But did you make an ugly woman your wife? You can be sure you will be happy in all your life. She will never do things in a funny way to allow the neighbor happy things to say. She wouldn't disregard her husband at all by exhibiting herself to Peter and Paul. Man, from a logical point of view, better marry a woman uglier than you. From a logical point of view, Always marry a woman uglier than you. An ugly woman give you your meals on time and try to make you comfortable in mind. At time when you lie sick in your cozy bed, she will both caress you and scratch your head. And at a minute in the night, will she leave you alone? It seems she want to melt the coal from your bone. Man, from a logical point of view, better marry a woman uglier than you. From a logical point of view, always marry a woman uglier than you. If a man that's not your friend say that you have no taste, marry an ugly woman above disgrace. One who is cute looking, barbarous and rough, with skin like alligator, bumpy and tough. Pigeon toe bow leg across in her eye, she got two lips that look like a big bow tie. Boy, from a logical point of view, Better marry a woman uglier than you. From a logical point of view, always marry a woman uglier than you. From a logical point of view, always marry a woman uglier than you. Hey, yeah, well, you know, that's what a little advice there from Robert Mitchum, and, you know, he ought to know. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, you know, Robert Mitchum. Uh, he was only married once, I do believe, and he was married for a long time, up until the time he died. So, you know, Robert Mitchum has some good experience in getting married, and I don't think he married an ugly woman, but maybe if he was taking his own advice, he did. Uh, yeah. uh, well, you know, now, when you're a detective, you gotta you got to go out there... Even when you got a sore throat like I do, you got to go out there in the summer, the winter, the fall, the autumn, the late autumn, and even the early autumn. Here is Joe Stafford, and she sings about early autumn. If she ever gets up to it. with her hand The summer trees Perhaps you'll understand What memories I own 
Joe Stafford, Early Autumn. What a great song. You know, I think the perfect day to listen to Joe Stafford singing that song is on a Sunday. Can't you just imagine a nice, quiet Sunday listening to Joe Stafford singing that song? Ooh, yeah. Oh, I can picture it now. Ah, yes, I'm getting my way with myself in my dreams of Sundays and Joe. And I ain't talking about coffee. Well, friends, today's show from the Great Gildersleeve is from April 20th of 1949. I had to double check there. And it is a goodie as Gildersleeve's going to be a detective. Now, when you're a detective, one good thing about being a detective, you're sort of your own boss. You know, you're working when you uh, get enough experience and you're fairly young. You work in your middle age and you even work when you're old, very old. You know, someone who knows what it's like to be old and yet still knows what it's like to be young is the great Orson Welles. I heard this song back in the 1980s and I searched for a while for it. Finally found it. Here's a really neat song. Orson Welles sings or doesn't sing. He talks about what it is to be young and what it is to be old. Here's Orson. Until one day along came 
it is to be young. But you, you don't know what it is to be old. Someday, you'll be saying the same thing. Time takes away, so the story is told. I've asked so many questions of the wise men I met. Couldn't find all the answers. No one has as yet. There'll be days to remember, full of laughter and tears. After summer, and wells and i know what it's like to be young but you you don't know what it's like to be old orson sounds like he's proud of it well i gotta tell you you ain't missing much <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know if you had a choice i think you'd rather be young but anyway you do learn a lot by the time you're old hopefully that's the advantage Ah, yes, the great Orson Welles. Very happy to have found that. I first heard that song once in the 1980s, and I was looking for it till I finally found it. And I shouted, Eureka! Orson, you're here! And speaking of being here, so is Gildersleeve. From April 20th, 1949, you might be able to tell from our music playing behind us, that's the theme song from Mannix. 
one of my very, in fact it is my very favorite detective television show, Mannix, starring Mike Connors. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, so getting back to Ulysses, he's going to try his hand at being a Mannix himself. Here is The Great Gildersleeve from April 20th, 1949. Here is The Great Gildersleeve on Sounds Like Radio. The Kraft Foods Company presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of Parquet Margarine. Millions of women all over America serve Parquet because it tastes so good. And now, in many states, you can buy this delicious Parquet Margarine in yellow quarter-pound sticks. Yes, the same spread that tastes so good now comes in handy quarter-pound sticks already colored a rich golden yellow and ready to serve. That's Parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y, Parquet Margarine, made by Kraft. Well, let's see what's going on in the great Gildersleeve household this fine spring morning. The great man and his little family are just finishing breakfast when they hear the familiar sound of the mailman's whistle. Mailman! Oh, my goodness. How can one small boy make so much noise? Oh, it just comes natural to little Leroy. Uh, hey, Leroy, it isn't necessary to... Oh, you got a package, a big one, too. Package? Oh, yes, yes, I've been expecting that. Let me have it, my boy. What's in it, Unky? You'll see. It's something I sent away for. What is it, a reducing set? Leroy? <laughs> of course not. Gee, tell us what it is. You just have to wait till I open it, my boy. <laughs> it's sort of a surprise. It is? Mm-hmm. Gee, hurry up. Mm-hmm. There. What do you think of that, Leroy? Gosh, a detective set. Yeah? Look at all that stuff. <laughs> pair of handcuffs, fingerprint powder, disguises. Yeah? And a book on crime detection. That's right. It's from the Eagle Eye Detective Institute. Do you like it, my boy? I sure do. Gee, thanks a lot, Uncle. I've always wanted one of these. Well, uh, this isn't for you, Leroy. It's for me. What? Oh, Uncle. Well, <laughs> since I caught that bank robber a few weeks ago, I sort of got interested in this sort of thing. Just thought I might take up crime detection as a hobby. Oh, for corn's sake. <laughs> well, I happened to see this detective course advertised in a magazine. And... Uncle Mort, how ridiculous can you get? Now, it isn't ridic- ridiculous at all. No harm in learning about these things. You never know. It might come in handy. How? Hmm? Well, who knows? Someday the police department might call on me to help solve some big case. Why, I might become known as the Great Gildersleuth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for heaven's sake. Gee, I thought the set was going to be for me. Uh, Don't look so glum, Leroy. You can be a little detective, too. You can be my assistant. I can, huh, boy? Sure. When the case comes up, we'll solve it together. Gee, I wish a burglar would break in our house. 
Now, we can catch him, Monk. Yeah. Well, that's not rustling, my boy. <laughs> you children better run along to school now. Okay. Goodbye, Uncle Moore. Goodbye, my dear. Detective. <laughs> See you later, Unc. Yeah. Goodbye, Leroy. Hold on, Cork! Hold on, Cork! Little Leroy. Well, I bet I'll have a lot of fun with this detective set. Certainly looks fascinating, all right. Wonder if Humphrey Bogart has one of these. Uh, Let's see now. Fingerprint powder. Sprinkle powder on surface. Blow away and fingerprints will be disclosed. Uh, that sounds easy. I'll try it on the table where Leroy was sitting. Should be plenty of fingerprints there. Let's see, you just shake it out. You blow it. Well, it works. Look how plain they are. Oh, you still here, Miss Gilsley? Yes, Bertie. What are you doing, Miss Gilsley? I'm just looking at these fingerprints on the table here. Oh. You see how plain they are? Yes, sir. Mr. Gilsleeve, I can't help it if people get fingerprints on things. I keep this house as clean as I can. Oh, I know that, Bertie. No, sir, I can't help a few finger fingerprints. This house is keep kept as clean as I can keep it. Yeah, but, Bertie, I was looking for fingerprints. Well, if you look for them, you'll find them. But I keep this house as clean as I can. <laughs> now, Bertie, you don't understand. This is the way we investigate crime. Well, a few fingerprints ain't no crime. I keep this house as clean as I can. <laughs> But, Bertie, I'm just being a detective. It don't take no detective to find fingerprints around here. I can show you a lot of them. But I keep this house as clean as I can. Guess <laughs> hmm. I'd better pick up my fingerprint powder and blow. <laughs> Peavy, have you any crimes you want solved? Okay. Well, you haven't heard about it yet, but I'm taking up the study of scientific crime detection. Oh, is that so? Yep. <laughs> Got myself a lot of detective equipment, and I'm all ready for business. Well, in that case, you might be interested in something that happened this morning. Oh? What's that, Peavy? There was a big holdup down at the fire department. A holdup? Yes, the fire chief's pants were held up by a pair of suspenders. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Held up by a pair of suspenders, get it? Yes. Hmm. Peavy, you may think this is funny, but someday you might need my services. What? Well, just suppose your drugstore was robbed. Or suppose somebody kidnapped Mrs. Peavy. Kidnapped Mrs. Peavy? Yes. Do you know somebody who wants to kidnap <laughs> Of course not. Oh. But just suppose somebody did take her away. You'd look for a detective, wouldn't you? No, I'd look for Miss Peavy. <laughs> but Peavy, I'm a detective. I could follow the clues. All right, you follow the clues and I'll follow Mrs. Peavy. <laughs> well, you can laugh at me if you want to, Peavy. But I bet the FBI would be crazy to have a detective like me. Well, now, I... Yes, they certainly would. <laughs>
Marjorie? Yes, Uncle Mort, what is it now? Yeah, and this book on crime detection is certainly interesting, all right. <laughs> yes, I know. You've been telling me that ever since dinner. I'm trying to do my homework. Oh, pardon me, of course. Go right ahead, my dear. Thank you. Marjorie? Yes, Uncle Mort? Yeah, write something on a piece of paper. What? I want to get a sample of your handwriting. What for? Well, there's a chapter here on analyzing personality through handwriting. Oh, for heaven's sake. Just write anything. Your name. Oh, all right. There. Thank you. Let's see here. Small letters crowded together, slant to the left. Hmm. That's funny. What's funny? According to this, you're 50 years old, a pickpocket, and you have a black mustache. <laughs> you very much. Must have got something wrong. Well, I hope so. Anki, I've got to get this homework done. I'm going upstairs. Good night, Mr. District Attorney. Uh, <laughs> good night, Miss Miller. Miss <laughs> 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 uh, Leroy would get back from that weenie roast so I could try this out on him. Yes, sir. I'll bet that... I'll get it, Bertie. Well, good evening, Gilda. Uh, hello, Judge. Come in. Thank you. Well, Gilday, Peavy tells me you're a super sleuth now. Well. I must say, in that dressing gown, you do look like a famous detective. Oh? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes? No, the fat man. You... <laughs> Very funny, you old goat. Sit down. Now, Gilday, what is all this nonsense? It's no nonsense. I'm taking up the hobby of scientific crime detection, that's all. Oh? Well, I know a case you could work on right now, Gilday. You do? What's that? There was a murder committed in an automobile this morning right at 2nd and Main. A murder in an automobile? Yes, a fella choked his throttle and killed his motor. <laughs> oh, brother. Judge, with those old jokes, you and Peavy ought to go into television. Well, maybe we should. No. Oh, Gloria! Right here, Leroy. Hello, Leroy. Hello, Judge. Aunt. What's the matter, my boy? There's a ghost out there. What? Where? In that old house out by the milk pond. I heard it. Now, my boy, you probably just imagined it. No, I didn't. Piggy heard it, too. Us kids were coming home from the winter roast, and we went by that haunted house, and... Leroy, there's no such thing as a haunted house. Well, this one is. I suppose you mean the old Willoughby house, Leroy. Yeah. We were just going by there. It was all dark and everything, and all of a sudden, the door opened, and we heard footsteps in there. Like this. Well, maybe somebody's living there. Gilda, nobody has lived in that house for 20 years. Not since crazy old Henry Willoughby died there. Oh, yes. And then we heard a moan. Like this. Oh, my goodness. A ghost. That's silly, Leroy. Well, there have been a lot of stories about that house, Gilda. Some people claim they've seen old Willoughby's ghost roaming through the place at night. It's easy to see how it might frighten some people. Well, it wouldn't frighten me. That's what I told the kids, Unc. I told them you were a detective and nothing could scare you. Why, of course. I told them you'd walk right in that whole haunted house any old time. Absolutely. I told them you'd go right out there tonight. Pos <laughs> tonight? Sure. Well, it might be better, Leroy, if I went out there in the daytime. <laughs> You can see better then. <laughs> oh, Uncle, why don't you go now and I can go with you? Well, um... you're not scared, are you, Gildy? A big detective like you? Why, of course not. Then why don't you go? All right, Hooker, I will. Oh, boy! But, Gildy, aren't you afraid to go out there? Why should I be? After looking at you all these years, a ghost would look good. <laughs> Gildy! 
Goodbye, old ghost. I mean, old goat. <laughs> Come on, Leroy. Sunk. Yes, I see it. Well, shall we get out, Unc? Huh? Get out? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Pretty dark out here tonight. Yeah. House does look a little spooky, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess we ought to go a little closer. Yeah. <laughs> scary, isn't it? Huh? Well, it's a little dark and lonesome out here, but there's really nothing to be scared of. Leroy, what was that? Just a screech owl, Unc. Oh? Must have the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, Screechy. <laughs> Stay close to me, my boy. You're probably pretty frightened. All right. We'll have to go through this gate. Sounds like Judge Hooker clearing his throat. <laughs> Unc. Yes? This is where we heard the ghost. Huh? We were standing right where you're standing when it happened. Right where I'm standing? Yeah. Then all of a sudden the door opened. Then we heard those footsteps. And that scary sound. You did? Well, Leroy, I've told you there's no such thing as a ghost. You just imagine the whole thing. Why, how could anything like it? Uh... Hunk! The door! It's opening! Yeah. <laughs> Footsteps! Don't believe everything I say. Come on, Leroy, run. <laughs> Mr. Wall, this is some block we live in. How's that, Bertie? Well, practically every woman in this block is a good cook. Now, take Miss Simpson. No woman can boil steaks better than her. And Miss Salsa, her specialty is hot bread. Casserole dishes like baked shrimp is what Miss McKendry does best. That's the way it is up and down the whole block. Every one of them's a good cook. And every one of them uses parquet margarine as a spread and for cooking, too. Well, that's not surprising, Bertie. Parquet's so nutritious and after Mr. all... Mr. Walter, the reason our block is a parquet block it's called parquet margarine. Tastes so good. It's economical, too. Costs only about half as much as the most expensive spread. That's right. But economy is as economy does, I say. And what that parquet margarine does is taste so good. Why, sure. Parquet is made from the selected products of American farms. So I think that more and more women in every town in America are going to use parquet margarine. They'll like it because it's nutritious. Because it's economical. But mostly, Mr. Wall, because it tastes so good. Right you are, Bertie. That's the plain truth about Parquet, the delicious margarine made by Kraft. 
And remember, in many states, you can now buy parquet margarine in yellow quarter-pound sticks. Last night, the great Gildersleeve set out to prove to Leroy that there's no such thing as a haunted house. But while he was out at the mysterious Willoughby place, a strange thing happened. First, the door opened. Then there were hollow footsteps. And then a weird, ghostly sound. did the great man do? Well, he ran away. It's morning now. We find him telling Marjorie all about it. I tell you, Marjorie, I heard those sounds just as plain as anything. Oh, sure. Well, I did. And Leroy heard it, too. Uncle Mort, why don't you admit it? It was dark and scary out there, and you imagined those things. That's all. I did not. And then you ran away. My big, brave detective. <laughs> now, Marjorie. More coffee, Mr. Gillespie? Bertie, you believe me, don't you? What, Miss Gilsey? I did hear something out there last night. Yes, sir. There's something going on in that house. Yes, sir. I wouldn't get scared about nothing. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's the use? I tell you, Judge, there's something peculiar about that house. Oh, of course. Well, there is. I'm standing there, and I heard this strange sound. Strange sound. It was probably your knees knocking together. It was not. Well, I know another place that's haunted, Gildy. Where's that? Your upper story. There's been nobody home there for years. <laughs> well, if it ain't the commission. Hello, Floyd. I want a haircut. Okay, hop right up in the chair. Oh, uh, uh. Commish, heard any strange noises lately? <laughs> okay, Floyd. Hey, Commish. What? <laughs> Floyd, just cut my hair. Okay. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Floyd. <laughs> Only kidding, Commish. You know, I don't blame you for running away last night. I'd have run, too. You would? Sure. Then you believe me, Floyd, huh? You think I did hear something out there? Sure. You don't think there's a ghost in that house, do you? No. Something worse than that. A dangerous criminal. A criminal? Yep. Probably a counterfeiter. What? Well, that's what those guys always do. Take out some place like a haunted house so nobody will come near them. They do? Sure. I'll bet this fellow's out there right now... Grinding out $10 bills. Yeah. Oh, well, could be. Sure, that's your big chance, Commish. Hmm? Everybody's laughing at you now, but if you was to catch this guy, you'd be the Dick Tracy of Summerfield. Uh, Probably get a big reward, too. Maybe 500 bucks. 500? You think so? Sure. If I was you, I'd go out there and investigate tonight. By George Floyd, I'll do it. I'll show the judge and everybody who's afraid. That a boy, Commish. I'll be home rooting for you. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. And Kamish. Yes? Uh, you might cut little Floydy Munson in on that reward. <laughs> well, we'll see, Floyd. 
I'll catch that counterfeiter if it kills me. What am I saying? I better go see the chief of police. Now, Commissioner, you don't know there's a counterfeiter out in that house. Well, Chief, there's somebody out there. What about those footsteps I heard? Now, Mr. Gildersleeve, those footsteps were probably just a rat running around. Well, if it was a rat, he was wearing shoes. <laughs> That's very funny. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going out after this fellow tonight, Chief. Are you coming with me or not? Well... Commissioner, I guess I shouldn't let you know. Now you're talking. This fellow might be a dangerous character, all right. Naturally. He's probably a killer. Well, I can't let you face a killer without any protection. That's well. Then you're going out with me? No, I'm going to give you a permit to carry a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, not at all, Commissioner. Sign right here. What a chief of police. <laughs> Downstairs without waking family. Oh, better turn off the light. I'll tiptoe. Hi, Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leroy. Where are you going? Out to the Willoughby house. What? That isn't a ghost out there, Leroy. It's a dangerous criminal, and I'm going to get him. Really? Hey, can I go out there with you? No, my boy. You go on back to bed. It's too risky. He's probably a killer. Gosh, you're sure brave, Unc. Well, some people don't think so. But I'm going to show them. How a boy, Unc. Well, my boy, I'll be back in a little while. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Get some music on the radio. Cheer myself up. <laughs> well, Flatfoot, I caught you snooping around here, didn't I? Huh? Well, you made a big mistake coming out here. You're not getting out of this place alive. Oop. I'm going to drill you so full of holes you'll look like a piece of cheese. I hope it's craft. <laughs> I'll try another program. <laughs> I'll park here, not too close to the house. And I'll sneak up on them. That's what it said in the book, chapter two. Well, come on, Gillisleeve. You wanted to be a detective. Wish the moon would come out. What's that? My heart. 
heart's pounding so loud. Sounds like somebody's following me. <laughs> Isn't that silly? Somebody is following me. Wonder who it is. Nobody out here but me and the killer. The killer. He's after me. He's gaining on me. This is the end, Gildersleeve. Goodbye, Marjorie. Goodbye, Leroy. You can have my detective set. Hey, Commissioner. Oh, Chief Gates. What are you doing out here? Well, Commissioner, I thought it over and decided it wasn't right to let you come out here all alone. Oh? After all, we're fellow jolly boys. Oh, thanks, Chief. I'm certainly glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here. Well, Commissioner, let's get on with the manhunt. Manhunt? Oh, yes. Just stay right behind me. Good idea. Here's the gate. The door's open. I'll tell you, Commissioner. You go in and I'll stay out here and be the lookout. Huh? <laughs> Why can't I be the lookout? Oh, no, no. That takes experience. You go in and flush him out. Flush him out? <laughs> That's right. And I'll leap on him when he, when he runs out the door. Well, look before you leap. The fellow running out might be me. <laughs> okay. Go on in, Commissioner. Well, all right. Uh, stop pushing me. Don't worry. I'll be right here. Well, don't lock the door. Dark. Can't see a thing in here. Killer's probably hiding someplace, ready to spring at me. I'll just feel around. Oop. Feels like a face. Chin. Big nose. Ears? Antlers? <laughs> A moose head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he isn't in this room. Better try the hall. <laughs> Cobwebs. <laughs> Wish this floor wouldn't creak so loud. He's liable to be... There it is. I'm getting out of here. No, I'm not. He's not going to scare me. I'll show him. Oh, brother. Sounds like it's coming from that room there. There's a light under the door. I'll get my gun ready here. What did I do with that permit? <laughs> I could stop shaking. Well, I'll sneak up on him. Well, this is it, Gildersleeve. The killer's just outside this door. Courage now. I'll take him by surprise. Put up your hands. I've got you. Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Baby. Baby. 
Baby, what are you doing here? Oh, I come out here several nights a week to practice. Practice? Yes, I just bought this cello, and Mrs. Peavy won't let me play it in the house. Oh? Oh, brother, I don't blame her. <laughs> well, nobody can hear me way out here. Of course, I'm just a beginner. Oh, my goodness, and I thought you were a counterfeiter. How's that? Playing a cello in a place like this. Peavy, you're the biggest boob in Summerfield. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say that. Oh. <laughs> Come on in, Chief, and bring your harmonic. <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve will be right back. Here's news. You can now get yellow parquet in all states where laws permit. Yes, parquet, the same delicious spread with a wonderful flavor, now comes in handy quarter-pound sticks already colored a rich golden yellow. You'll find yellow parquet costs a little more, largely because of the federal coloring tax. But it's a real saving for you in time and trouble. Try the new yellow parquet in quarter-pound sticks. Remember, where state laws permit, you can get this delicious spread, golden yellow, ready to serve. Of course, you can still buy white parquet at the low economy price. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. All right, fellas. Come on, jolly boys, let's sing it. Good on that cello. Thank you. <laughs> Good night, folks. You like this pleasant, quick way of making leftovers more delicious. Just add a little Kraft prepared mustard and you add a lot of tan. Hidden flavors in boiled ham, sausage, most any meat pop right out. Every bite tastes better. Now you can get two kinds of Kraft mustard. Salad mustard, delicately spiced for those who prefer a milder flavor and Kraft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both kinds in your pantry. Then with every meat dish, hot or cold, just add a little mustard and you'll add a lot of tang. Kraft's prepared mustard. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Perfect detective music, isn't it? Well, it should be. It's from the television show Peter Gunn. The soundtrack of that great show. That was a great show, too. I always enjoyed watching Peter Gunn. i got to watch that series again soon. Very soon. Yeah, well, there you have now, friends, The Great Gildersleeve from April 20th, 1949, as Gildersleeve was trying his hand at being a detective. And anyone seeing Gildersleeve Linking around, skulking around, peeking through windows, <laughs> being a, a detective, why, they'd go up to him and they'd say, uh, Gildersleeve, you've changed, baby. You've changed. And no one knows better about changing than the great Bob Manning. Why, he's here right now to sing, You've Changed. Take it away, Bob. You've changed. 
that sparkle in your eyes is gone. Your smile is just a careless yawn. You're breaking my heart. You've changed. You've changed. Your kisses now are so blase. You're bored with life in every way. I can't understand, but you've changed. It's not true when you say I love you. I've seen my dreams come and go. Now when you say the words I love you, it's just out of habit. I know. Don't change. You're still the one that I adore. Come cuddle in my arms once more, like you did before. You've changed. Don't change. You're still the one that I adore. Come. Cuddle in my arms once more, like you did before. You've changed. Well, I, I do hope it's for the better. I mean, that's the least you can hope for. Bob Manning and You've Changed. Yeah, even Bob has noticed the change in Gildersleeve. Why, who couldn't? You see Gildersleeve walking around that fedora, you know something's wrong or something's changed about him anyway. Ah, yes. Well, you know, when you've changed and you're trying to be a, a detective, you might get some encouragement. Uh, I don't know, Gildersleeve didn't get too much encouragement, but if someone had come up to him, maybe Leela, uh, yeah, that would be great, I, I would love to see that. If Leela came up to Gildersleeve and said, try your wings at being a detective, I think he'd be real happy. Here's Blossom Deary, try your wings from Blossom. If you've never been in love, and you're longing for the happiness it brings, Try your wings If you're hungry for the sound Of a lover saying sentimental things Try your wings Even the tiniest bluebird has to leave its nest to fly 
what a bluebird can do you can do too if you try if you've always had a dream but you've been afraid that it would not come true hither Isn't it? I always like those quiet songs from Blossom Deary. She sings them so good, too. Yes, yes, that's Blossom's specialty, singing them little quiet numbers with her little voice. Blossom Deary, great singer. I love this song. Not my favorite part yet. Here we go. This is my favorite part of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, if you've been wondering, what is that song? I hear it in those commercials, but don't know the name of it. It's called Ecstasy of Gold. Yes, Ecstasy of Gold. It actually came originally from the soundtracks The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. And they made a good version of it here. Well, friends... Yeah, you know, Gildersleeve, he was trying to be a detective, and why? He was investigating a haunted house. Oh, they can be scary. I watched that show. Ghost Hunters? No, Ghost Adventures. Yeah, I also watched Ghost Hunters. That's a pretty good show, but I like Ghost Adventures even better. Yeah, yeah, well, well they, they're both scary. Ghost Adventures, I think, is even scarier. And they investigate haunted houses and haunted buildings. Oh, it's a it's a scary show. And Gildersleeve is trying his hand at being a detective and investigating a haunted house. Just as Bing Crosby is investigating the haunted heart. 
<laughs> oh, Bing. He's playing it a little safer. Uh, then again, a haunted heart can be a lot scarier than a haunted house. In the night, though we're apart, there's a ghost of you within my haunted heart. Ghost of you, my lost romance. Lips that laugh, eyes that dance. Haunted heart won't let me be. Dreams repeat us but lonely song to me Dreams are dust It's you who must belong to me And thrill my heart and heart Be still my heart and heart sings them like the great Bing Crosby, I tell you. Haunted Heart from Bing Crosby here on Sounds Like Radio. Ah, there's the music. I was wondering where it was. Ooh. You know, this music, you know, this keeping in the theme of detective shows, this is a song called The Girl Who Came In With The Tide, which, if you are a careful observer and a watcher of the television series Manage, you will recognize that title because that was the title of a Mannix episode, and this is the music they played in that episode. In fact, they played this song in other episodes of Mannix, too, because I've heard it in other episodes. At any rate, this is from Mannix, the soundtrack, and, uh, yeah, it goes good. I mean, how many opportunities do I get to play detective music on a radio show like this? Well, <laughs> I'm taking advantage of it today. You know, one thing about being a detective, it can be a scary business. But you don't want to go running scared because, well, people might frown upon you. Here is Roy Orbison and Running Scared. Mm-hmm. 
This is a new version, by the way, with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Enjoy. I like that. Wasn't that neat? The new version of Running Scared from Roy Orbison with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra behind him there. I think they really did a great job on that song. Yeah, Roy Orbison, always been one of my favorite singers, and to hear that new version is just a little cherry on top of the sundae. <laughs> ah, speaking of cherries, it's about time we head out of here. I have, I like to have myself a a nice Sunday with a cherry on it myself. <laughs> oh, that'd be tasty. Might do my sore throat some good, too. All that creamy ice cream, you know. When you have your tonsils out, they always say to have ice cream. Maybe that ice cream would do my, my delicate throat some good. Well, friends, this is your humble host. A little discombobulated today. <laughs> I'm going to get into the hang of it sooner or later. Well, I am here to say so long for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. It was a fun show anyway. Yeah, it was. I, I had fun doing it. Uh, even things were a little mixed up uh, here and there. <laughs> uh, you know, when you got a sore throat, you're distracted, I think. I almost didn't do the show today, actually. I, I thought maybe I, maybe I should just do something else. Uh, but no. The show must go on. I told myself that. I slapped myself silly, and here I am. 
All right, friends, until next time then, when we return with more Sounds Like Radio, more great Gildersleeve, and a whole lot of great music, too. That's my favorite part of the show, picking out the songs and playing them for you. Hope you enjoy them as much as I do. Till then, I am me saying so long for now. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>